The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. And uh, what a blessing that is, and, and uh, I appreciate them and their loyalty to the Lord. Uh, this morning, I preached about an x-ray machine, which is the Word of God. If you've not yet heard the message, I pray you'll listen to it sometime. Perhaps you were in another service. I think it would be a helpful sermon to listen to uh, that could help you appreciate more a close walk with God. Now tonight, we're in the book of Revelation chapter 2. Book of Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, And unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, and walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how that thou canst not bear them which are evil. In other words, it bothers them. Oh, it bothers them so much. The Bible says, and, has, uh, and thou hast tried them uh, which say that they are apostles and are not, and hast found them to be liars. And it says, and thou hast borne, hast patience. Again, mentioning the word patience twice about this particular church gathering. The Bible says, for my namesake has labored and has not fainted. Oh, but here it comes, here it comes, nevertheless. I have somewhat against thee. Wow, look like they're getting a pretty good report card to begin with. And, uh, and then God comes down and he says, Oh, but nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Uh, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, the Bible says, and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place. And it says, except thou repent. Now, so God is talking to this church, and he says, oh, he said, now you've done all these things. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, God says. Uh, you've done all of these things. And he said, I'm so proud of you. He said, but nevertheless, nevertheless, I've got something against you. Oh, it's a terrible thing for God even to think that God would have something against a church. But in this case, he does. He said, I have something against you, talking to the local church there. And he says, I have something against you. You've left your first love. Now, what, what might that love be that they have left? Well, uh, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was, talk to me, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was together, lost. And he says, as the Father have sent me, so send I you. I find this out. I find people that leave the first love of soul winning. It won't be long until they leave other loves that's important to God in their lives as well. Uh, uh, shame, shame, shame. 2018, over 3,000 churches uh, around the world uh, that we know of shut their doors. Oh, some because missionaries came off the field. Some because uh, pastors went into immorality. Some because of mishandling of finances. Uh, some because the crowd dwindled and dwindled and dwindled to the point of nobody having an interest and they just shut the doors for lack of interest. Now, that's better than 2017. 2017, 3,700 churches shut their doors. So we're doing better. Oh, and by the way, uh, can I tell you, there was more churches started last year in America uh, than there was during the previous year. Oh, praise the Lord for that. What a wonderful blessing. Uh, can I tell you, uh, in independent Baptist churches, the figures are that there was more soul winners out on the field last year knocking doors in their city than there was the year before. Amen. 
Praise the Lord for that. Can I tell you, there was more bus routes added in this past year in, uh, through independent Baptist churches than there was added the year before and the year before that. Praise the Lord for that, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, we need not to be concerned about what other churches are doing, okay? Tonight, let's do this. Let's just mind our own business. And uh, let's see to make sure tonight that we never become a dead uh, church. And so let me give you a couple things to think about, if I may. The church, as described in the New Testament, is what Jesus established. Uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, the Bible says, And I uh, say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it this is the first mention of the word church in the New Testament and Jesus is saying uh, Peter I want you to get it right as he points to himself he says thou art Peter meaning little pebble uh, thou art Peter and then he points back to himself and he says upon this rock I'll build my church and so the church was built was established upon the Lord Jesus Christ all right the church is a called out assembly mentioned 114 times in the New Testament the word ecclesia it simply means a called out assembly and so God thought it so important to mention it 114 times in the New Testament and then we see that the church is the only institution that I have found in the Bible that has the divine promise of perpetuity. In other words, it will always exist. Uh, and so uh, God has given the church the blessing. Now, a church can choose not to exist as a local church. It can choose never to go soul winning or uh, other things that we'll read about tonight. And it can uh, decide that it no longer will exist. And it puts its own self out of commission. Or uh, maybe the church gets involved in things that they ought not to do. And then God says, I'll remove the candlestick out of its place. And God himself puts the church out of commission. So what is the church responsibility? By the way, as long as we're doing our responsibility, we get blessed. We get blessed. And so God wants us to be able to have the blessings of God as we choose to fulfill our God-given responsibility. Now watch this. I'm going to show you what our responsibilities are tonight. And if you always want your church to be healthy, if you always want your church to exist, if you always want your church to prosper, you always want your church to be able to go forward, then uh, as I read these God-given responsibilities, then uh, I think both you and I need to own up to fulfilling those responsibilities. How does churches die? Well, one person decides that they will die themselves. I'm talking spiritually. And then somebody else decides that they're going to die spiritually. And then somebody else decides, oh, well, it's not interesting to me anymore anyway. Uh, and so I'll die spiritually. Then somebody else does it, and somebody else does it. Before you know it, uh, you got a bunch of dead spiritual people, and then they decide, well, I'd rather go bowling than come to church. Oh, I'd rather go down and watch a Rangers game uh, than instead of coming to church. Oh, I'd rather go over there and uh, close a business deal instead of coming to church. And before you know it, the church house suffers. I'm talking about the, the structure of the house suffers because less and less people come. And uh, then you look out one day, and there's only a, uh, just a 
few gathering people and, uh, and they can't support the bills and they can't pay for the lights and they can't pay for uh, uh, their programs and so they shut this one down and then they shut that one down and then they shut this one down and uh, toilets break down they can't afford to fix them up and uh, this gets shut down and that gets turned off and before you know it the church is gone now I hope that never happens to Parkside Baptist Church uh, we have a good history Dr. May uh, and his dear dad uh, did a wonderful job Amen. as pastor and then uh, coming in as second pastor under his daddy and fulfilling that responsibility as Dr. May said do, did so do and uh, but uh, we don't need to let it uh, die we need to keep going and we need to keep going with great guns so how can we do that statement number one uh, uh, how is it that a church as we would look at an autopsy of uh, a dead church as we examine it uh, if you would please as we cut it open and we uh, do an interior examination. Uh, what is it that we would find inside of a dead uh, church? Statement number one, uh, uh, the church is empty of Bible preaching. The church is empty of Bible preaching. By the way, Bible preaching will make you glad or Bible preaching will make you mad. It really depends on your personal walk with God. Uh, everybody ought to like Bible preaching. Everybody should like it. You ought to like it if it's uh, funny. You ought to like it if it's straightforward. You ought to like it if it's in your face. And you ought to like it if it's patting you on the back. But everybody ought to like Bible preaching. But uh, when the pastor decides that he's not going to offer any more Bible preaching because he's afraid of who he might offend. Uh, uh, by the way, preachers ought to be more afraid of offending God than they are afraid of offending man. But the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. All right, so God says that uh, those that are believers, uh, we need preaching too. You know, preaching can help us make right decisions. You know, preaching can give us wisdom. You know, preaching can salvage a marriage. You know, preaching can salvage a home. You know, preaching can help us to understand how to adjust our finances. You know, preaching can give us the right insight to be able to make the right step for tomorrow. You know, preaching can encourage us, can inspire us, can motivate us. You know, preaching can set us on fire to do something great for God. Uh, we need godly preaching, Bible preaching. And oh, be careful about the liberal that says, well, I just don't see it that way. If you don't see it God's way, keep your mouth shut. I mean, uh, uh, let Bible preaching be Bible preaching. Uh, it used to be that uh, people would come to the altar and they would weep and they would weep, but now pride keeps people back from the altar. Oh, I don't need to go to the altar because I'm just so good. Uh, oh, my Bible says there's none good. No, not one. And so when you think that you're too good to come to the altar, then you're already found out that you're not good as you think you are. I'm saying this. I'm saying the church is empty of Bible preaching. Uh, oh, when people would preach years ago, uh, people would start coming to the altar long before the preaching was done. They'd come and they'd pray and they'd say, oh God, uh, uh, help me to make the right decision. Uh, I've got sin in my life and I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting my family and I'm hurting my friends and they would come they'd want to try to make things right and I'm saying uh, what uh, uh, causes a church to die is there's no Bible preaching I, I do believe this the Bible says as you lift up the Lord he'll draw all men onto himself 
And so if preachers will spend their day lifting up the Lord, they don't have to worry about if people would come because people are drawn to truth. Statement number one, uh, churches die as we do an autopsy on a dead church tonight. We'll see that that autopsy will reveal the church is empty of Bible preaching. Statement number two, the church is empty of comfort. Empty of comfort. John chapter 20, verse 19, the Bible says, In the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, uh, it says, Where the disciples have assembled together for fear of the Jews, uh, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Here's what he's doing. Uh, the, they're up there. They're scared of that which is uh, those that are opposing uh, their stance. Uh, they're scared of those that are outside. The Jews, if you would please, are, are pressing against them. The disciples are there, and they're fearful, and they gather together in fear and trembling, and who shows up? Jesus Christ shows up. You know, I, uh, somebody wrote this down. It says, uh, uh, when you're down, get in church. When you're depressed, get in church. When you're fearful, get in church. When you feel bad, get in church. When you're lonely, uh, uh, get in church. When you're persecuted, get in church. And there's about 40 other things that are listed, uh, good reasons to be able to get in church. You know, you and I ought to decide that church is a place to comfort. When somebody gets down, somebody gets discouraged, somebody gets disgruntled, somebody gets uh, uh, defeated, a church is a good place to come along and say, look, praying for you. want to encourage you. Now, by the way, that takes Christian maturity. It takes Christian maturity to be able to encourage somebody. You know why? Uh, because you might need some encouraging yourself. But here's what I found out to be true. If even during your discouraging times, if you decide to encourage somebody else, it brings you out. It brings you out. And so, uh, the church, uh, why? As we do an autopsy tonight on a dead church, why did it die? Well, there was an emptiness of Bible preaching. There was an emptiness of comfort. There was an emptiness of tithes and offerings. An emptiness of tithes and offerings. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, Now concerning, it says, the collection of the saints, as I have given order uh, to the churches at Galatia. It says, Even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay up, uh, it says, lay by him up in store. It says, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now that's talking about uh, giving the tithes through the local church. All right? You know, the Bible says that God loveth a cheerful giver. We ought to be excited to be able to partner with God for the cause of Christ. And there ought to be an excitability. Wow, it's giving time. Wow, I can be a part. Wow, God, you gave me some money to be able to share so that uh, uh, the tracks can go out and the bus can run, the Sunday school can have the lights on in it, and uh, uh, the missionaries can be supported, and somebody can be helped. I mean, uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to partner with God. Uh, I'm saying that churches die. Why do churches die? Bible preaching is not there. Comfort is not there. People are robbing God of tithes and uh, offerings. Uh, the Bible says to bring you all the tithes in the storehouse that there be me my house and proving now therewith, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will not uh, open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing and there shall not be room enough to receive it. So God says this. God says that uh, we're supposed to bring the tithes in. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, it doesn't say send them. Now if you can't bring them, send them. But uh, uh, God's main thing is that you're supposed to bring them. You know why? Because as you bring them, that means that you're here. You're here. Uh, look, I cannot begin to tell you how many lives I've seen change because of one sermon one sermon 
Oh, in church. So we had fun this morning, and I added uh, some humor uh, to the uh, message this morning. But now watch this, if you will. Did you know uh, sermons are all different? Just like meals are all different. Boy, I thank God that my wife cooks. Oh, my. We had a wonderful meal for lunch today. Oh, started yesterday. Preparation. Uh, it went into the morning hour. Wow. And by the time we got home and she invested another hour in it, we had a meal for a king, and I was invited to attend. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, we just enjoyed it. It was just so good. You know, uh, now, now wait a minute, watch this. You know, church can be so good if there's preparation put into it. If we prepare our hearts to come, you, you know, we get excited about the things we want to get excited about. We get down about the things we want to get down about. We get discouraged about the things we want to get discouraged about. Uh, we get upset about the things we want to get upset about. Because, you see, we're in charge of we. Nobody else is in charge of you but you. Oh, I hear people all the time say lame brain stuff like, uh, well, so-and-so, they caused me to have a bad day. Oh, no, my friend, you cause yourself to have a bad day when you receive something. You know, you can receive something with joy. Uh, my daddy would say it, it, was, uh, uh, it was during these summer months in uh, spring sometimes even uh, that daddy would say, okay, now look, look, we got to cut that wood and we got to cord it up. And we, now, what he meant when we said we, he was meaning you. <laughs> but he said, we got to cut that wood and we got to cord it up because it's got to dry out over the summer so that we can burn it come fall and come winter. So uh, more often than not, it'd be spring cutting time. Oh, and he'd have uh, guys to bring in wood and dump it out there, and we'd have to get those old splitter irons and stuff like that, and uh, hammers, sledgehammers, if you will, and uh, some axes for the tiny stuff. And uh, we, didn't have, we didn't have the fancy uh, 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 wood cutters that was electric. We didn't have any of that stuff, and we didn't have uh, uh, any other type of electric. or It was all by hand. And, oh, man, you know, and, uh, and so it came splitting time. And, and it would take hour after hour after hour. Now, we could go out there and be grumpy if we want to, but we still had to get the job done. We had the responsibility to get it done. We could do it as a grump, or we could get out there and sing and have a good time. So we decided to get out there and sing and have a good time. One bad thing about our singing, if we were singing, nobody was coming around to help. But, but we'd joke around, we, we'd uh, have fun with it, you know, we'd have competition, who could split the most, who could pile the most, and, uh, and we would, uh, uh, you know, uh, if you pile the most more than me, I'll, I'll treat you to an RC, and if you, uh, I, if you I mean, RC something, I guess they made many years ago, but, uh, but uh, we would do, or Coca-Cola today, Coca-Cola, uh, or, or, you know, up where I live, uh, they had, uh, uh, you know, they have root beer. Well, up where I live, they have Dr. Wells. Have you ever drank a Dr. Wells? Yeah, brought some here a couple of years ago uh, from up uh, Indiana way. They, they still make them up there. They were in competition with uh, uh, a root beer and lost. But they still make it. It's a small company. They still make Dr. Wells. Now, now but we drink that stuff, and boy, it'd just be so good. And, and can I tell you, listen, you can make it what you want it to be. You can. I find this out. People want to stay awake in church, stay awake in church. 
I find people that want to be happy in church are happy in church. I find people that look forward to preaching, look forward to preaching. I find people that's excited about getting out of church are excited about getting out of church. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying that church, uh, you, 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 uh, if you would please, the autopsy of a dead church. Why? Why does churches die? Because of it's empty of Bible preaching. It's empty of comfort. It's empty of God's people giving tithes and offerings. It's empty of people doing the work of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15, the Bible says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, why? says for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry work of the ministry work of the ministry it says for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come together in the unity of the faith and uh, of the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man notice if you would please verse 12 Ephesians 4 he says for the perfecting of the saints that means the maturing of the saints now why why do we mature the saints we mature the saints for the work of the ministry we're not supposed, you know why people don't uh, enjoy ball games? Because they come and they sit while everybody else is out there in the field having a grand time. Right. You know why people don't enjoy church much? Because they just come and mm, they sit. But if you would get involved in something, by the way, can I help you with something? Uh, Christianity is not all about you. It's about you helping someone else. That's why God put you here. You say, but I can't preach and I can't teach. You can do something. You can love somebody. You can encourage somebody. You can pray for somebody. You can be able to uh, sit beside somebody and help them to find the place in the Bible. Oh, I'm saying this. I'm saying it says here, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. It says for the edifying. Uh, okay, so uh, we perfect the saints. What's that? Maturing. So we mature them for what? The work of the ministry. And then uh, uh, why do they do the work of the ministry? The Bible says for the edifying, it says here, of the body of Christ. What's edifying? That means lifting up, building up. All right? Uh, you can tell when somebody is strong enough, when they don't need somebody always to give them the attention, and to build them up but you can tell somebody is mature when they're giving themselves to build other people up all right stand up and so uh, here he is he's just a christian and he's uh, he gets down get down just discourage well he did quick too <laughs> and uh, just fell out just like that and and uh, and uh, all right and so and so fall out again and uh, not really oh. and just 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 the head down and be fine okay don't go all the way all right all right now hopefully i can come along and and just kind of help him and he gets a little bit stronger 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 and then he can walk on his own okay but hopefully that's not it now i'm sorry to say that's where the average church is all right and so here he is he's a lost man he's down he's discouraged he don't have a way to go to heaven he just doesn't know what to do so when it comes along parkside baptist church shows him how to be saved he gets saved uh so when it continues to help him disciple him he comes to church he gets stronger 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 and all of a sudden he's fine so he just walks on his own but that's not god's plan God's plan is for him to be strong enough that he can help another sinner, an older sinner, <laughs> and, and he leads this sinner to Christ, and uh, this sinner gets saved, and so he brings him to church, and now they come together, and that doesn't mean they're always going to sit together. It doesn't mean they're always going to be uh, bosom buddies. 
somebody said this the other day. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, left, I led somebody to Christ. I spent my time uh, investing. In, listen to this. I, it happened. really happened. I spent my time investing in them, and now they're coming to church, and they're not even my friend anymore. They're a friend with somebody else. Well, I'm so sorry. But, but it, might be, it might not be that you're a bad person. It just might be that they found somebody else that they like better than you. But that, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean that your deodorant wore off. Why do we feel like we have to be so possessive of someone? Why can't you let your friends have friends? I'm talking to the adults. Well, that's my friend, and that's only my friend, and I don't want anybody else to be around them because that's my friend, and I'm talking about a 40-year-old person. Well, it, it ought not be that way. Hey, why don't you thank God that they got somebody else? Yeah. You know, it might be that, uh, uh, watch this, there's been many people I've led to Christ, many people. There's been many people I personally discipled. There's been many people I got in church. Now I see them in the hallway and they say, hi, preacher. And they just walk on. They never take me out for food. <laughs> they never give me a cup of coffee. They never come up on the platform and sit beside me. They're always in a hurry. They're leaving right after. You say, are you mad? No, I'm glad. They're in church. They got their own friends. That's a wonderful thing. Hello. Just enjoy the fact that you get to see somebody grow. Uh, and so all of a sudden now, uh, these, uh, these two fellas, and, uh, and, uh, and, and they, uh, uh, they lead the sinner to Christ, and the sinner gets saved, and the sinner comes to church, and the sinner sees me walking down the hallway, and he likes what I got, because he's got, and he likes that. And, uh, and so he and I begin to talk together. Good to see you. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. It's great to see you, man. And uh, I'm just so glad that we're together. And so, and all right, now, now what he could do is he could sit in the broken chair <laughs> or or he could say it's going to be okay it's going to be all right look what i'm saying is it's not about you it's not about me it's about helping somebody don't get your feelings hurt well you know so and so uh i want them to be my friend and and my only friend oh you selfish little brat don't do that you be somebody that, hey, you let the God help you to love them and help you to motivate them, but you don't be the one that decides you're going to own them. Let them have some friends around them. Amen. All right, thank you. Be seated. Watch this. I said uh, the autopsy of a dead church, no Bible preaching, no comfort, uh, no giving tithes and offerings. Oh, here it is. They refuse, they refuse to mature to do the work of the ministry. Uh, they grow just so much, and then they quit. Well, I'm in church. Uh, it bothers me. I'm in church. I'm in church. But uh, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'll never tell anybody about Jesus. I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I got fire insurance. You'll never catch me passing out a gospel track. 
Well, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'll just live a wretched life so everybody can trip over top of me and go to hell. It don't matter. Yeah. Now, may I say this? May I say, uh, refusing to mature. Uh, statement number next. I'm talking about the autopsy of a dead church. Uh, the church refuses to go soul winning. Refuses. Refuses. Refuses to go soul winning. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, 20. Almost done, so you can make it through. Here it is. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. And whatsoever I command you refuses to go soul winning. I'm not talking about passing out gospel tracts. I'm talking about now talking to someone. Talking to someone with the intent of trying to help them come to everybody's got a testimony. How many of you are saved? Raise your hand. Raise your hand, you're saved. You got something to share. You could tell somebody how you got it. You could tell somebody how to get saved. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, I know today there's a lot of people that's adding this and that and the other to salvation. Oh, my Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And the Bible talks about it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And now we live in a day where people are adding works to it. Well, you got to be good to go to heaven. Oh, you're not reading the same Bible I'm reading. Well, you got to be baptized in order to go to heaven. You're not reading the same Bible I'm reading. Well, you got to speak in tongues in order to be sanctified. You're not reading the same Bible I'm reading. Well, you've just got to take and hold out faithful to the end. Uh, the end's going to come whether you hold out faithful or not, but it has nothing to do with salvation. Uh, I'm saying this. I'm saying uh, they refuse to go soul winning. Uh, it's different between going out on a bus route and passing out a flyer and going out sitting down and showing some uh, person how they need to receive Christ as Savior. And everybody can do that. You say, I don't know anything about it. Well, we've got nine different times or nine different uh, types of groups that go out. You can always hitch up with somebody. Uh, we've got, I think, the last time it was uh, given to me, about 200 people go out every single week. That's a pretty good amount that goes out. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, and so you probably find somebody to go with. There's people who come out on Thursday night, don't come out on Saturday. And there's people who come out on Saturday that don't go out on Sunday afternoon. There's people who go out on Sunday afternoon that don't go out on uh, Thursday morning. And there's people who go out on Thursday morning that doesn't go out on the America for Christ on Thursday afternoon. There's people who go on the uh, college and career soul winning bus. There's people who go on the teen soul winning bus. There's people who go out when we have a, a children's track attack. There's all sorts of times to be able to go. Now, by the way, listen to me. Uh, hmm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, uh, uh, boy, if you never go, uh, you're not right with God. I am saying this, you ought to try it. You ought to try it. Because once you get bit, it's hard to get unbit. Now, by the way, it's hard to go. Sometimes it is. You have to prime the pump. You got to get yourself moving. You know, and then finally, when you get out there, it's like, okay, well, I, I talked to somebody, and that's called breaking the ice. Then it's okay. You don't mind talking to the second person or the third person. You say, well, I don't feel called to be a soul winner. It's not a call. It's a command. And so uh, I would do what God has commanded. Soul winning. Uh, churches that are dying are not uh, soul winning churches. Our missionaries that go, uh, they say, preacher, it breaks our heart. This is what they say. It breaks our heart uh, when we go into churches and uh, we, uh, we uh, try to get to somebody to go soul winning with us in the church and nobody uh, will uh, comply. And uh, I can't get anybody to go. Now, can I say, uh, thank God for people that take the time to go. 
you know, I love coming here on Saturday mornings. My wife and I go on Thursday uh, out soul winning, and then I, I hit it on Friday some, and then on Saturdays always, of course. And uh, fr- uh, Thursday night's our, our night. It's our night. My wife and I, it's our night. Uh, we get to go together. She's my partner. She's one of the best partners I've ever had in my life. She's my partner. And we go soul winning together. Oh, we have a good time. It's almost like a, a night together. And uh, just, uh, just enjoying our night together. And we may go soul winning a while. We might get something to eat right after that. Uh, we might fellowship with another couple. But we're, we're going to go out together. And we're going to go soul winning. Uh, it's been a long time since I've not had anybody saved during the week. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Uh, Saturday's a time when we split up and we take different people. Many times my wife would take some of the college girls and they go soul winning together on Jared's bus route and I'll grab a young boy or I'll take another man with me and uh, we'll go out soul winning. We just have a grand time on Saturday. Uh, But you know, it's something because once you get out there, you find out, you ever get in water and it's cold, but once you get in, you find out it's not as cold as what you thought it was by putting your finger in there before you got in? Yeah. Well, that's like soul winning. That's like soul winning. Let me give you one last thing, and I'm done. Here it is. I said, uh, churches are, are dying. Uh, but if we look into a church that's already dead, what are you going to find? You're going to find no Bible preaching, no comfort, no tithes and offerings, no soul winning. Here it is, last thing, uh, no fellowshipping and praying together. No fellowshipping praying together. Oh, I love you. But uh, um, some of you are too easily offended. You get mad at somebody, and then you hold it in all the days of your life. Then you don't get it right. I know there's no couples in here that do this. Um, I don't think. Uh, But uh, uh, all of a sudden, you're riding down the road, and your husband says something. It's not a nice, kind thing. And and now you give him the silent treatment, and you stare out the window. And he says, honey, what did I say? Mm Hmm. You don't say nothing back, and you drive for an hour or so. He tries to put his hand over there, and, uh, and uh, there's no hand. And now your uh, wife is armless, and you can't find a hand nowhere. <laughs> and now I'm saying, I'm saying fellowship. I, I know people get mad at, at people in the church. You won't believe it, but it's true. Well, you know, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said I'm mad. I, I know it's true. I know it's true. I know it's true. I watch people in this church, this church, get mad at somebody, go out and get in their truck, slam the truck door, and off the parking lot. And then I ask them later, did it feel good? No, preacher, that was stupid. Well, why do you do stupid things? It'd be better to think it through and not be stupid. But people get mad at each other. No, I'm serious. They get mad at each other. I can't believe so-and-so. They sat in my chair. Doesn't have your name on it. Well, they ought to know. I always sit on, on, on this pew. Look, you know what you ought to do? Just to check somebody out, check their spirituality out, look around and see where they're sitting tonight. Sit in their pew on Wednesday night. Check, check out their spirituality. 
Now, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm saying that Jack Bachman is fired. That's what I'm saying. But check, check out their spiritual. Now, I, I'm, I'm saying, look, look we, we are people that are just so tight. You get mad at somebody, then you sit there like you're mad at the world for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Look in the mirror. You're doing great disservice to your face and to the general population. Well, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm saying refuse to fellowship. Fellowship with people. Well, you know, they get me mad. They just can't stand. Every time I get around them, they say the wrong thing. Well, could it be that they're saying something that you're taking wrong? Could it be that you're listening to it wrong? I know teenagers that say, well, I don't think my parents uh, love me. You know, people give love different ways. Why don't you find out what their love language is and accept it? Some people give love by giving things. Some people give love because they give their time. Some people give love because they write notes, texts, communication. Some people give love because the way they smile at someone else. We were in Brooklyn, New York for years, and uh, I, I had uh, French-speaking teenagers in my youth. We had a pretty large youth department. I had French-speaking teenagers in my youth department. I had Spanish-speaking teenagers in my youth department. Uh, uh, we had deaf young people that was in uh, our youth department. And I don't know, we had four or five, six different languages in the youth department. And they would come up and they would tell me whether it would be in German or whether it would be uh, 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 in street talk, whatever it was. <laughs> but they would come up and they would say this, we sure do love you and your wife. Now, I didn't say you've got to say that in perfect English. I didn't say that. We accepted their love the way they gave it. One of the best things you could ever do if you're a married man is find out the way that your wife is trying to say, I love you, and accept it the way she's giving it rather than trying to change her to give it to you the only way that you want to accept it. Because people give love different ways. You got married and now you're trying to change her to become you. That's not what you married her to begin with. You married her because she was different than you. Now you're spending all your time criticizing her and trying to make her to become who you are. She don't want to become who you are. She don't even like now who you are. Now, I, I'm, I'm saying this, uh, but fellowship together. Look for somebody. Look, I'm serious. Now, here it is. I'm done. But look for somebody that needs fellowship. Somebody says the family that prays together stays together. Uh, I think that's true about a church. You know, it's something after youth camp. I see it, don't you? I share young people, and they come forward. And during an invitation time, the hearts are so tender for a couple weeks after youth camp. And they come, and they get in little groups, and they pray, and they weep. Why can't you do that with your wife when's the last time you ever came to the altar and held your precious wife's hand and say tonight we're going to go pray together and I love you uh, and make it special make it special I was in a church and I was preaching and I walked in and there was a couple guys praying at the altar I said what are they doing 
Oh, preacher said they do it all the time. I said, what do you mean all the time? I said, uh, uh, before the Sunday night service, every Sunday night, those three men come together and uh, they get around the altar. Nobody ever joins them. It's just those three men. They get around the altar right there and they pray. I said, what do they pray? You ever, you ever walk up on them? Yeah, they're praying, oh God, be with the preacher. Fill him with your power. Use him, please. Help us to be open to the Bible. Speak to our hearts and change our lives. Said so basically the same prayer all the time. Hardly ever changes. And they just come in and they pray and they pray and they pray and they pray and they pray. You ever do this? Uh, you ever get alone and sit down and say, God, you know, I can't do this. I need you in this. Please help me. Uh, when's the last time you ever got close to a fellowship with him? Him. Him. By fellowshipping with him, it helps you to fellowship with other people. It helps you not to judge them so quick. Well, you know, they don't walk like me. <laughs> We're glad. <laughs> uh, they don't talk like me. They don't act like me. You know, God makes everybody different. Amen. He does. You look around. We have tall people in our church. We have short people in our church. We have skinny people in our church. We have... Um, blessed people in our church <laughs> we have people in our church that are renters they rent they rent they've rented all the days of their life we have people in our church that live in apartments we have people in our church that live in trailers we have people in our church that live in, in a house we have people in our church that own two and three and four and five houses we have people in the church that they have a car that barely runs and they work on it every week of the world and they try to get from one place to the other. Uh, we have, uh, is that a college student? Is that why? We have, we have people in our church that have uh, nice, nice vehicles. And some of them, one or two or three or four. Uh, we have people in our church that, uh, oh, it's, it's a good week if they can make $500 in one week. We have people in our church that make $5,000 a day. Uh, we have people in our church that work for the employer. And we have people in our church that own businesses and they have two, three hundred, four hundred employees. We have people in our church that have uh, worked hard and received a fine education. Uh, people that work in hospitals and at law firm offices. Uh, we have people in our church that work out on the street and they work with their hands and they work hard and they give it everything that they've got. Uh, we have people in our church that has different pigment of skin. Uh, some white and uh, some uh, uh, black and some brown and uh, some uh, uh, yellow and, and some uh, 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 mixture of all. Uh, we've got all sorts of people. We have people that uh, speak other languages. Some people in our church speak one, some two, some three. We have some people in our church that speak four languages and speak them very fluently. Uh, we have people in our church, high-educated people. We have people in our church that uh, uh, can't read, not one word. We have people in our church that have the spunky attitude. Spunky, every time you see them, spunky. I mean, they're battery, ever ready, never dying. Spunky. Uh, you never see them get down. Never one time do you ever see them get down. I mean, every time you see them, how you doing? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, they're just spunky. And we have people in our church that they don't know what it is to have a spunk. 
We have people in our church, they laugh at my jokes. We have other people in our church, they laugh at me when I tell a joke. We have people in our church that dress in different colors. They do, they do. Different colored shoes. We have ladies in our church that dye their hair. You never know. We have other people in our church. Now, I'm saying this. You, uh, you learn to be able to walk with God and let God help you to love other people. Fellowship. Fellowship. They don't have to be just like you. You can fellowship with them. They don't have to like exactly the food that you like. You can fellowship with them. You know, when a church decides that they're going to get along and they're going to pray together and they're going to serve God together, the Spirit changes. The Spirit changes. Oh, I goof around sometimes up here. Say, why do you do that? Because that's who I am. I'm not going to change me. God made me who I am. Why would I want to change me? Uh, God made you who you are. Why would you want to change you? But yet we can always improve us, can't we? <laughs> I'm terrible in remembering things, and it's true. I write things down. I'm so glad I write them down, then I try to remember where I wrote them down. <laughs> but uh, I'm terrible in remembering things. I'm taking some courses right now to improve my memory because I want to do a better job in being pastor. Now, can I tell you, you try to improve you. You try and improve you. Some of us have uh, better skills than others have in the church. So you try to improve you so that you can become a better Christian and a better Christian brother or sister for Christ. Father, bless tonight, we pray. Thank you so much for the privilege to be able to labor together. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.